Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. The reason a January 6th commission is such a bad idea is that it won't be used to answer questions. It will be used to move narrative against political enemies. In order for one to trust a commission to look into what happened on January 6th in the riot at the Capitol, one would have to believe that the purpose is to get answers. But the purpose of such a commission is to gain weaponry, to utilize against, well, for example, Republicans running in midterm elections. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. Twitter, Instagram, parlor at Tony Katz. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. And they, they, they had the vote. They had the vote, and they voted in, in the House to have this bipartisan, whatever they want to call it, commission on January 6th. You had a series of Republicans uh, join in on this. And now it's going to go to the Senate, where, of course, it's meeting incredible opposition. The reason it's got opposition is the reason we know that we all haven't lost our minds. First, what is it that a commission could actually provide? Well, a commission could very well answer the question of whether or not when people got to the Capitol, did Capitol Police let them in and give them the impression they could be there? Now, I've watched some videos. That's kind of the impression some of those Capitol Police officers were given. Certainly a commission could look into whether or not there were repeated acts of violence against Capitol Police officers. Or whether there were moments where Capitol Police officers allowed violence to occur. You see, if you're going to do a commission, you have to be able to cover everything. Is that what we're going to get from a commission that Democrats are in favor of? Let me share with you the rantings of Congressman Tim Ryan. He's out of Ohio, and he went nuts. Absolutely, positively nuts. Now, there's nuts, and then there's nuts. So, for example, there's Speaker Pelosi reminding people that when you're in the chamber, even though you've been vaccinated, you have to wear a mask. Members are reminded that the announced policies of January 4th, 2021, as updated on May 11th, remain in effect with respect to the wearing of masks. The chair will reiterate that members and staff are currently required to wear masks at all times in the hall of the House, except when a member has been recognized by the chair or when a member acting as chair is speaking. They're fully vaccinated, but they're still wearing masks. Okay, all right, that's that 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 is crazy. I I I will wholeheartedly agree. But no, this from the congressman from Ohio, who after his very losing bid for the presidency in 2020, he has decided that the thing to do is to get wicked loud. 
I, I want to thank the gentleman from New York and the other Republicans who are supporting this and thank them for their bipartisanship. To the other 90 percent of our friends on the other side of the aisle, holy cow, the incoherence. No idea what you're talking about. Benghazi, you guys chased the former Secretary of State all over the country, spent millions of dollars. We have people scaling the Capitol, hitting the Capitol Police with lead pipes across the head, and we can't get bipartisanship. What else has to happen in this country? Cops. This is a slap in the face to every rank-and-file cop in the United States. If we're going to take on China, if we're going to rebuild the country, if we're going to reverse climate change, we need two political parties in this country that are both living in reality, and you ain't one of them. Well then, that makes me want to work with you. First, uh, let's be clear that it was the New York Times that put forth a lie about a Capitol Police officer being hit in the head with a fire extinguisher leading to his death. They had absolutely no proof of it. They did it anyway. Other news outlets, without even checking, went with it. Democrats like yourself, sir, went with the story, and you used a Capitol Police officer's death for your political motives. But no, tell me more about how it's a slap uh, in, the, in, in the face to cops. T- uh, t- tell me more. Tell me more, Democrat Tim Ryan, uh, how it's a slap in the face uh, to cops when you defund in Minneapolis, you defund in Seattle, you defund in Portland, and you have mayors and governors saying that all cops are racists. No, 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 no. Tell me more about said slap in the face and whatnot. Oh, and make sure you say it in some kind of scream, because after all, if you're screaming, it must be really important. Clearly, someone wrote his speech in caps lock. The commission doesn't get used to help. The commission gets used to hurt. The commission says, show me the man and I'll show you the crime. Producer Ari asked, is there any way I'd be okay with it? And the, the, the answer is be okay with what? I just, so, I, you make valid you, you, see, Ari, the, the, the issue, and, and by the way, we all have, like, like our things, and this one is, is, is yours, and I'm not even saying that you're a bad guy for it. Like, that's, that is not my point. You are looking at the good that can come out of this. Yeah. You're looking at what can be learned so this doesn't happen again. And what I'm telling you is life will teach you and the experiences will teach you. And most importantly, the history of people like Chuck Schumer and like Speaker Pelosi and like Senator Dick Durbin and like Jamie Raskin, the congressman. All will tell you that finding out some information that could be helpful is totally irrelevant to the desire. The desire is to destroy. Because once you have started a commission, well, how can you stop where that commission goes? The 9-11 Commission ended up being widely praised. The 9-11 Commission was built on the idea that America was attacked and we needed to find out what the breakdown was in order to ensure that the United States could stay safe, we as a nation. A commission on a riot that happens at the Capitol is meant wholly and solely to be political and has no other value. The 
these are not similar things because it has the word commission at the end of it. That's simply not true. This is, its intent is, the desire of the commission is, once formulated to say, well, we're going to have to look into these other things, and we're going to have to look into this person, and we're going to have to look into that person. Oh, you won't share information with the commission. Hmm. Pity. Let me give you an example of the callousness and the craven nature of trying to get this commission done to prove my point. It's a statement from the U.S. Capitol Police. Why is the U.S. Capitol Police making a statement? They're making a statement to let you know that they do not comment on policy. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm lost. A statement is circulating on social media which expresses an opinion about the proposed legislation to create a commission to investigate January 6th. This is not an official United States Capitol Police statement. The department has no way of confirming it was even authored by United States Capitol Police personnel. The U.S. Capitol Police does not take positions on legislation. So why is it that Congressman Jamie Raskin, who was one of the impeachment managers, put out a letter supposedly from members of the U.S. Capitol Police sharing their, quote, profound disappointment in the current politics surrounding the vote on the January 6th commission. There it is. On a U.S. Capitol Police letterhead. Expressing disappointment. Politico ran with it because why in the world would you be a reporter and look into things and verify them when you could just be first and set a narrative? So Politico, being as untrustworthy as the day is long, puts this statement out there. U.S. Capitol Police now has to respond, saying, yeah, we didn't put out this statement. We have no idea who that's from. We don't speak about these things. We learn that, yeah, it came from members of the Capitol Police who used the letterhead, but it's not a formal statement. So let's be clear about something. When this Politico reporter put this out, she got 5,700 likes on Twitter. When she put out the clarification that it may have come from some officials of the United States Capitol Police or some members, but is not an official statement, it got 636 likes. You see what happens? Set the narrative. Place the pressure. If a commission was such a good idea, why wouldn't it be bipartisan? But it's not bipartisan because the purpose of the commission is to be wholly, totally, completely partisan. That's its purpose. We don't even know if this letter written on Capitol Police stationery is from a group of of Capitol Police officers or not. We don't know if any of them are actually Capitol Police officers. We don't know if there's one of them or 50 of them. All I know is there are six, 7,000 Capitol Police officers, I believe it is, and you've got 50, and now you're going to use that as a way to apply pressure on, on Republicans to get this commission done? The commission is a witch hunt. The only thing missing 
is clearing out the rotunda and creating stakes that you can tie people to when you light them on fire to prove they're a witch. I swear to you, Congressman Tim Ryan is four seconds away from saying that we should build a bridge out of Kevin McCarthy. That's a Monty Python reference, people. Please. No, I got it. I, it was good. I don't, I don't have all day. All right? I need, I need you to keep up with me. So help me God. And that's why it's nonsense. And that's why this commission should fail. And that's why it shouldn't happen. Because the Democratic Party is not interested in knowing why weren't these people turned back. I'm interested in knowing that. Why wasn't this riot put down? But I know that there were officers who said, hey, it's okay. Hey, as long as we're not violent, you're here. It's cool. Peacefully assembling. We're cool. So isn't that kind of like an invitation? I'm one of the people who wants to know why Donald Trump didn't send in uh, some, some level of law enforcement to stop this. I ask that question. But Democrats ran an entire impeachment on this. They showed it all. They shared it all. What commission is necessary? Well, the commission is necessary because they didn't get what they wanted out of impeachment, so now they got to do it again. Never let it stop. Never let a crisis go go to waste. Never stop the attack. Never stop the affront. Never stop the abuse. And they don't care if they have a crime. They'll find the crime soon enough, baby. They'll just figure it out and get there. And that's why this commission is such a ridiculous idea. That's why it's unserious. That's why it has no connection to the 9-11 commission. And that's why you can't get me to vote for Democrats. Tim Ryan screaming and passion notwithstanding. I'm Tony Katz. Senator Dick Durbin just being all Senator Dick Durbin talking about Israel and Benjamin Netanyahu. That's in the Rules Committee. Uh, So, Senator, since we've uh, gotten on the air, uh, Israel has, according to the Associated Press, Israel has again unleashed a wave of airstrikes across Gaza. Uh, What would you say to Prime Minister uh, Netanyahu? What would you say, uh, not sure they'd listen, but to the leaders of Hamas about the importance of of a ceasefire for the people, not only uh, uh, in the Palestinian territories, but also uh, for the people of Israel? 28 of us uh, signed a letter uh, just a week ago that John Ossoff uh, started uh, calling for this ceasefire. Uh, I was glad to join it. I can't understand why there weren't more, even Democrats, who joined on to a call for a mutual ceasefire to put an end to the death and killing that's going on in this situation. Uh, and, and let me tell you, there's two things I'd like to make very clear. First, I couldn't disagree more with the policies of Bibi Netanyahu when it comes to the treatment of Palestinians and the establishment of settlements 
I, I think the two-state solution is the only realistic future in that part of the world, and the abandonment of that approach uh, by Netanyahu and his followers, I don't believe is constructive, and I think is added to the tension and stress between uh, Israel and the Palestinians. Let's start with that. Settlements are not things. It's the land belongs to Israel. Dick Durbin is the senator of Illinois. It's not a settlement in Springfield. It's a house on land uh, that's in Illinois. The policies? What? The policy of surviving? Note, at least at this stage of the game in this conversation with Joe Scarborough, he still won't get into a conversation of Hamas. Let's see if he gets there. Uh, that's the reality, and I am certainly not going to endorse Netanyahu. Now, let me add very quickly, I made a commitment early in my career that I'm standing by. I'm going to support the survival of Israel. Those who want to uh, cut back on the protective missiles and such that they need, uh, I don't join in that. They live in a very dangerous neighborhood. Although I wholeheartedly disagree with the Netanyahu policy, I am going to stand by my commitment to the survival of Israel. Whoa, 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 whoa. That's trying to thread the needle for, 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 I guess, a couple of voters. What is it about the Netanyahu policy that you actually disagree with? Because it's a policy of survival. What policy do you disagree with? He doesn't answer that question. He just says the thing. Meanwhile, George W. Bush is getting into this. Calling Iran dangerous for world peace saying that a two-state solution is very difficult and that Iran is trying to break up alliances formed during the Trump administration. Maybe that's what Dick Durbin is talking about, which only proves Dick Durbin is a small-sighted man. The Abraham Accords are remarkably important because the Abraham Accords with, with Bahrain, with the UAE, with Sudan, with Morocco, what they are, is, is, is a conversation of changing the dynamic in the area, changing the paradigm, as, as Stephen Covey would say. The idea being you couldn't have normalized relations with Israel. What about the Palestinians? Well, since you know the Palestinians are run by Hamas, whether they like it or not, they're being uh, you know forced into things by Hamas, this terrorist organization funded by Iran, so therefore they're run by Iran, and you don't have a relationship with Iran, you don't even like Iran, but they're keeping you from having a relationship with Israel, and you might need a relationship with Israel because there could be some trade and tourism, and there could be uh, some medical advances going on, maybe a better life for your people, because you know what? They built, a, they built an oasis out of a desert, these people. Maybe they know what they're doing. So the Abraham Accords take the shift off of solving the quote-unquote Palestinian problem and create relations. That's powerful. And of course, Iran wants to disrupt that. And pre- former President Bush knows it. And Dick Durbin knows nothing. This is Tony Katz today. So the headline is, women are forced to reproduce. And I haven't heard the audio yet. We're going to do it together. You're going to suffer through this just like me. Tony Katz, so good to be with you, Tony Katz, today. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. Go to TonyKatz.com. Get the podcast and support the show. 
This is from the Young Turks, right? Very left-leaning outfit. And they've got a woman on there named Adrian or Adrian. Adrian Lawrence, there it is. Got it right. In Mississippi, women are forced to reproduce. Oh, this is about the abortion case in front of the Supreme Court. Mississippi has a law that says you can't get an abortion after 15 weeks. It's now in front of SCOTUS. Oh, this is going to be good. They only have one in the entire state to service Mississippi. And I'd really love to talk about Mississippi quickly just because there are so many greater issues there where they rank 43rd in education, 50th in healthcare, 49th in economy, 44th in opportunity, 48th in infrastructure. Like Mississippi is bottom of the barrel and what they're focusing on is let's make sure that women don't have control or people, I should say, don't have control over their bodies and are forced to reproduce. Like, Let's stop. That's amazing she has to correct herself when saying women and change it to people because of course men can have babies right men cannot have babies women are not men men are not women men cannot have babies men cannot have babies unless they are seahorses men cannot have babies that is not an insult those are the facts thank you very much but she can't stop herself from being so woke is let's make sure that women don't have control or people i should say don't have control over their bodies and are forced to reproduce What's happening in Mississippi doesn't force people to reproduce. That's very peculiar and very radical. Very, very radical. The argument is we want to lower abortions in America because abortion is killing something. Now, you can make the argument that there are times where there is a woman, a woman who is impregnated against her own free will. That is an awful, awful thing to even think about. That's a conversation, guys. And some people are going to say yes, and some people are going to say no. But when someone decides, oh, I don't want this. Oh, I don't want to do this. That's different. That's not being forced to reproduce. Right? Everyone, they talk about abortion as a reproductive right. The reproductive right is when you uh, decide, ah, I'm not having sex with that person. That's it. And there will be states that do have abortion. Now, what's funny about all this is I've always been a, a pro-life guy. I never actually thought it would get this far in, in, in the courts. But as I described the other day, the, the, the left has poked at the right for so long on this subject, you, I don't think you understand what belief is. These people are believers, and they believe abortion is wrong, and they're not going to stop, and you kept poking them. And you kept insulting them, and you kept bothering them, and you kept making fun of their ma, and the next thing you know, here they are. Mississippi is forcing people to reproduce. When I saw that headline, like, what in the world? But I think the better part is when the guests there can't admit that it's women that have babies. Women have babies. 
Men do not have babies. That is just the way it goes. It's called the science. It's just the way it is. Let me move you over to Chicago and explain to you why you have to fight critical race theory and anti-racism being taught in your schools. Because you have to fight critical race theory and anti-racism being taught in your schools. The mayor of Chicago is Lori Lightfoot. She is black. And she has stated that she will only grant interviews to black or brown journalists. What she has said is as follows. It's a shame that in 2021, the City Hall Press Corps is overwhelmingly white in a city where more than half of the city identifies as black, Latino, Pacific Islander, or Native American. Diversity and inclusion is imperative across all institutions, including media, in order to progress. We must change. That is exactly why I'm being intentional about prioritizing media requests from people of color reporters on the occasion of the two-year anniversary of my inauguration as the mayor of this great city. This is an imbalance that needs to change. Now, first, let's talk about how the press corps in Chicago has dealt with this. Gregory Pratt, who writes for the Chicago Tribune, puts out, I am a Latino reporter at the Chicago Tribune whose interview request was granted for today. However, I asked the mayor's office to lift its conditions on others, and when they said no, we respectfully canceled. Politicians don't get to choose who covers them. Hot damn, Gregory Pratt. Good on you. Reporters know that this is garbage. And let's say, so we are clear, and for the record, this is more of an attack on reporters than Donald Trump ever did, ever. Ever, once, ever. Nothing Donald Trump has ever done regarding reporters is more of an attack and an insult and vicious and despicable and un-American as what Lori Lightfoot is doing. Of course it's an attack. So I guess it's an attack on free speech. You need access to your elected officials and she's only going to give access based on the color of skin. Wait till somebody only talks to the white reporters. The the example I'd give is that Donald Trump when he was president had several instances where conservative radio hosts were invited to the White House to to do interviews like exclusively them. And I had no problem with that because it was a one-time thing and you know, we got to do that. I, I don't see the difference between that and this. Oh gosh, um, let me let me let me try and, and and help you to the very best of my ability. If you want to tell me that Donald Trump didn't do all interviews in all places, you didn't see the interviews with George Stephanopoulos, and you didn't see the interviews with this liberal, that liberal, and the other liberal, right? Well, he, he did, but there's... hold on a second, yeah. Ari. Yeah, calm yourself. She is saying, I'm not going to speak to these people or give them much time because they are different ideologically from me. She's saying because of the way they look, because of the color of their skin, I'm not going to talk to them. And that's bigotry. Beginning to end, to not see the difference between, yes, you had conservatives uh, showing up to a, to a radio row. I, I, I did that. I did that a couple times uh, at, at the Pence White House. Let me tell you, I get much less access to the White House now that Joe Biden is in office. Yeah. 
You can expect that politically. But if I'm somewhere and I ask the question, like, for example, I saw Joe Biden in New Hampshire during the primaries and asked him a question. He answered my question. He was there at the primary. I asked him the question in New Hampshire. We were at the uh, hotel there uh, in, in, in Manchester. He didn't say, oh, sorry, I don't answer white people questions and leave. To say, well, look, this is what reporters, uh, this is what politicians do. It's no big deal. This is radical bigotry. We saw in the Trump White House that Brian Karam for Playboy, Jim Acosta from CNN, acted in despicable manners. And when the White House tried to throw out Jim Acosta, a court said you have to take him. A court of law said you had to take him. And there was Jim Acosta sitting in that front seat being utterly combative and doing nothing except stroking his own ego. The White House responded by giving up on press conferences. We don't we no longer meet in the press briefing room. That way, Trump could control the situation. And he answered questions at those chopper pressers from everybody. Mayor Lori Lightfoot is the reason why you don't teach critical race theory and anti-racism in schools because it will teach your children to be bigots like Lori Lightfoot. Meet discrimination with discrimination and meet future discrimination with discrimination. She is saying, well, things are unbalanced, so this is how I'm going to balance it, by ensuring that I leave those people out and ostracize them for the color of their skin. You're not supposed to cheer that. You're supposed to be disgusted by that because it's disgusting. It's despicable. It's low rent. It's low class. She's a terrible person. Anybody who thinks Lori Lightfoot is a role model for people who are black or people who are girls, not people who are girls, just girls, that's it, is out of their head. Lori Lightfoot is a bigot and the product of critical race theory and anti-racism, which clearly corrupt the mind. I'm not even sure you can go another way on that. I'm pretty positive there isn't another way to go on that. What she has done is disgusting. Standing up for other reporters is exactly the thing to do here. Good. On the press corps there in Chicago. And I think that in the end, stop interviewing her. Just write stories about her. It doesn't even matter. This is what we think is happening. And just make it up. What does it matter? But this is what the people of Chicago vote for. This is what uh, the, 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 the people get. You can make better decisions. Like, for example, when you go to Omaha Steaks and you get the Let's Go Grill package when you use my name, Tony, in the search bar. Go to omahasteaks.com and in the search bar, enter Tony, T-O-N-Y, and you will see all the great deals I've been, I've been utilizing. I got my box of meat. It was fantastic. It's, it's, it's the way nature intended. And when I want something, I just pull it out of the freezer, right? Super easy. It's, it's vacuum packed, ready to go. Next thing you know, I'm cooking for the family. Did the burgers last night. Fantastic. And with the Let's Go Grill package, you'll get the butcher cut filet mignons, the boneless pork chops, the boneless 
boneless chicken breasts and kielbasa sausages. And right now, 12 Omaha Steaks burgers for free and $20 off your first order. That's when you go to omahasteaks.com and you enter that keyword Tony in the search bar and hit enter. 12 free Omaha Steaks burgers and $20 off at checkout on your first order. So go nuts. Omahasteaks.com. Omahasteaks.com. Keyword Knew it was coming. We talked about it. Five rural Oregon counties approving measures to consider joining the state of Idaho. They hate Oregon. They hate Portland. They hate what they've done to that state. They hate Portlandia. You're not cool. You're not hip. You're a bunch of judgmental jerks in the opinions of these other counties, and they would rather not be a part of your crazy. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's so good to be with you. So this is Mahler, Sherman, Grant, Baker, and Lake County. Approving a measure that would require county officials to take steps to promote moving the Idaho border west to incorporate their populations. Now, Oregon was 56% for Biden, but those five counties, between 69 and 79% to Trump. Now, they joined two other counties, Jefferson and Union, that approved the measure last year. Now, you get, do you know the story of the state of Jefferson? The state of Jefferson's story is really incredible. It was a proposed state. The proposed state of Jefferson was the northern parts of California. I mean, north of San Francisco, north of Napa. And the southern part of Oregon. It had a seal. It had a flag. They were serious. They were going to propose that they become the 51st state. That was their plan. And the plan was that they were going to leave they were going to say, hey, we're, we're, we're making this announcement. We're going to create our own state. On December 7th, 1941. Pearl Harbor. That's when they were going to say, hey, We are going to do this. And Pearl Harbor happened. And they said, okay, we're not going to announce this. And then it didn't happen. Seriously? That's the story of Jefferson. That's amazing. So this whole um, uh, kind of push from these people, right? This whole push uh, 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 on this. It is kind of part of their history, if you will. But what people want is to live free and not be subjugated by others. Should the state of Indiana take on the rural parts 
of Illinois. I don't know if they should take them on or not. Uh, my question is, why don't the rural parts of Illinois think about skipping town? Who wants to be around those Cook County freaks? Cook County, Chicago, right? The rest of the state suffers, absolutely suffers because of it. So I'm not, I'm not surprised by this move. Now, what no one has shown me is where Idaho has said, you know what? We'd like to be a part of this too. We're totally in on this. I haven't heard anything that tells me Idaho um, is, 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 is in. The governor, Brad Littles, actually supports incorporating more Oregonians within his state borders, but that doesn't mean he favors moving state lines because he's like, that's just a difficult thing to do because moving the line would require a vote from the Oregon legislature, which is controlled by Democrats. Oregon and Idaho would have to form a deal that would have to be ratified by Congress. Now you're talking about giving Idaho a couple more uh, electoral votes. You see the issue. You see the issue. But when people yearn to breathe free, I love that. This is Tony Katz today.